For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Michigan at the 41. What a hit! Ball's free! On the ground! South Carolina deserves to have it, and they do! Welcome into Believe in South Carolina. Gamecock football is underway. Spring practices kicked off last week, and they roll on into this week as they have practice number four coming up on Tuesday. I'm Mike Yubin. Joined with me, as always, is USC senior student Nick Klaus and Marcus Lattimore, former Gamecock running back. I said USA there, Nick, you know, being patriotic for whatever reason. I mean, so... But, hey, nonetheless, spring football practices are underway, and we will get into it. Nick and I had an opportunity to be at some of those practices. South Carolina had open practice to the media on Tuesday and Thursday, practices number one and two. And on Saturday, that's when they were in full pads, that was closed off to the media. So the fun stuff, the Oklahoma drills or whatever you wanted to call it, Marcus, I don't know what you guys called it, you know, but it was uh, – I'm sure there was a lot of hitting going on, on on Saturday. So we'll start there. Before we dive in with what we saw, Marcus, what memories do you have about spring football and what is this time really all about? Mm. Spring football. Coming right out of winter workouts. I mean, the guys are excited. Yeah, and you know, But you know what? Quite frankly, there's a lot of guys who are still banged up from the season. If, if, if we're just being real, um, a lot of guys need to heal, take this time to heal and just learn, learn whatever. I mean, I know we got some new position coaches, so learn their styles, learn their techniques. But spring practice as a whole, I think from a coach's perspective, it's all about seeing what they have, seeing what seeing the potential behind the behind the first string. Because you kind of have an idea of what you're going to roll into, roll with as the season starts. But the guys behind that, I mean, you have to have depth in the SEC. You have to have depth in any football, on any football team. But, you know, learning what you have behind that, I think, is big from a coach's perspective. But as a player, you just, you, you're really trying to prove yourself and make that impression as a young guy. I know that was, that was my thinking going into it. Uh, my my first spring practice, but uh, how can I catch the attention of a coach's eye? Uh, because there's not a lot of scheme going on. We're, they're they're not putting in a, putting in a lot of complicated formations and motions and uh, you know little variations of the defense. I don't think a lot of that is going on. You know, it's really just who who can listen, learn, and apply. And play fast. I mean, because it, even really at the end of the day, it's a bonus. It's an added bonus to 
for, for the coaches to be able to see what's going on and, and, and players to prove themselves. So, I mean, it's kind of um, it's almost like a dress rehearsal, kind of like an audition uh, for the for these young guys and, uh, and and the new and the newcomers, which we've we, we've heard a lot about. I, you know, I heard I heard that thing is coming out quick. Um, I, I just keep I keep hearing that from Nick. I keep hearing that from you. What is coming out quick? I'm ready to see it. Well, let's let's go to Nick about that because, you know, as I mentioned, Nick and I had an opportunity on Tuesday to be at practice, practice number one, and the buzz a lot is going to be about Spencer Rattler. And, I mean, look, and we were joking about it before we came on, right? I mean, all right, he's in a helmet, or all these guys are obviously in helmets. You're throwing on air for the most part, or at least the periods that the media saw. But, Nick... Let's uh, let's get the first off. Let's let's get the uh, the overhyped train rolling. What did you think? <laughs> Hype it up, Spencer baby. Rattler? Hype what did it you up. think about Spencer Rattler in shorts? No hel- I mean, no pads, but a helmet, throwing on air. What was your initial reactions? I mean, it's it's exactly what you're saying about the overhyped train. Because the second you get there, what's the first thing? At least for me, the first thing I'm doing is I'm looking for the green number seven jersey. All, mm. Just of all the players, they're all stretching. You're looking for the green number seven, trying to find Spencer Rattler and just see him in the in the South Carolina jersey with the South Carolina across his chest. I mean, that's what you really want to see. It's like, wow, it's real. And then we finally got to see him make some throws in the red zone. And, Mike, you talked about this too. I mean, just how quick he can get that ball out of his hands. It's on the dot. He's throwing it on a, on a string. The arm strength is there. I mean, he's just obviously athletically gifted. That's that's the biggest thing that I could see from him. And Marcus addressed it too. They're not really letting you see too much. But from what you could see being there uh, for the first little bit of practice that they're allowing the media there, I mean, it's like you said, it's coming out quick. He's just probably one of the best skilled quarterbacks Definitely that I've seen in a South Carolina jersey, but definitely that Gamecock fans have seen in a long time. And like I said, look, I'm not trying to to be a wise guy, but yeah, I mean, wait, we're, we're going to have to wait and see until the pads are on and how he's throwing. But look, we understand who this man is. We understand where he's coming from. We understand what he was able to accomplish when he was at Oklahoma and the accolades he was able to pile up, and the fact that going into last season, despite the fact that there will be some people that will point at and say, well, he lost his starting job. Well, he lost his starting job to a guy that's being compared as the next great thing. Don't forget that, especially coming out of high school. This man was a preseason Heisman favorite, a guy that was being looked at to potentially win one of the most coveted awards, individual awards, not just in college football, but in all of sports. So this man certainly has the ability to do big things. And we're going to wait and see what will happen once they throw the pads on. They're able, But are we going to be surprised when he starts to really sling it the way that we saw him do it just in helmet? No. But I always just enjoy that because, look, you know, we – we get excited. Everyone gets excited. Everyone wants to see the new guy, right? I mean, shoot, think back to when you guys were in high school, right? There's a new girl that comes in. Granted, I went to an all-guys school after my sophomore year, but my first year of high school, at least. You know, the new girl. Dang, who's that? You know? Mm, you know? It's kind of like that. The new Everyone gets excited. 
everyone gets excited you, about the you know what show. mike mike we kind of have to talk about this though because he's been highly publicized ever since he's been in high school i don't know if you know mm-hmm. people have seen the netflix show qb1 beyond the lights he he was one of the feature he was one of the feature stories on there and uh he's had to deal with this he's had to deal with this for a long time in his life you know just expectations and what people think and you know being under the camera it, it's and that you know but but you also have to lead your team and be a quarterback you know while also going to school you know, like all of these factors come into play. It was a word that he used in that first press conference. It, it was a relaxed reset. He said, you know, something along those lines. Am I am I am I am I close to that? Mike reset. Did he use the word reset? Well, Shoot, I have to go I back mean, and look at the, I have to go back and look at the transcripts. But yeah. you're pretty spot on. Yeah, he he used something along the lines of like he feels refreshed or reset. And you know, when I heard that, I was like, man, this guy is. He's matured. He he's had to mature, you know, through everything that he's been through, the ups, the downs, people booing him, telling, you know, bring in Caleb Williams, you know, while also being on top of the world, throwing four touchdowns in the game. I mean, those emotional roller coasters that particularly a, a quarterback faces in college football, uh, it, it takes somebody really strong to to stand in that position and 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 take the take the criticism take the blame take the take the praise uh and it i you know i got a feeling that he's not really listening to any of this because he's already been through it he knows how we can we can talk about it as long as much as we want but from hearing him talk in that press conference I got a sense of that he's past that. He's past the mystique of Spencer Rattler, which is a good thing. It's a good thing for for his teammates. It's a good thing from the coaches uh, because you know where his focus is. His focus is on winning, on, on winning as many games as he can. And you know, I'm I'm excited. I'm I'm just I'm I'm excited to see Spencer Rattler in a new environment, uh, a, a more mature. Uh, more wise and, and someone that's been through a lot of, quite frankly, mental adversity. I'm excited to see see him because I I I know that's he's past all of that. He he's been a celebrity. He is a celebrity, and that doesn't affect him anymore. And we, we, I want to I want to move on to some of these other guys, but before we do that, you know, look, working for Gamecock Central and, you know, obviously there's other competition in town, other outlets, you're, you're going to see more so the good that comes out of it. You're not going to see the growing pains, but it's natural. It is natural. And I can say that there were times on Thursday in particular when I was there, when they were just throwing on air, some of the passes to his receivers were behind him. Some of them were off the mark a little bit, but that's the growing pains. That's what comes with being able to develop a rapport, especially with the receivers, and being on the same page. I mean, shoot, look at Tom Brady. Look at the growing pains that he went through when he went to Tampa and how the beginning of the season it was off. And then look how different it was towards the end of the the year, and look what happened that first season in Tampa. They won Mm -hmm. the Super Bowl. So it takes time. It takes time. So I'm sharing that because 
he's human. I mean, we know that, but he's human. We're going to hear all the good. And I'm not trying to throw some negativity on it. I'm just trying to bring some reality to it, which is there is some growing pains that are going on. We know that, but I just want that to be said. It is going on right now. Um, I guess that's why they call it practice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was going to, I was going to say, I mean, you, you touched on my, he's not perfect. I mean, no one, no one is perfect. He is a human being like, like Mike just said. So yeah, some passes are going to be behind. Some passes are, aren't, he's not going to have a great game every single time. And if you're expecting a national championship one year with Spencer Rattler, (laughs) your expectations might be way too high. So, I mean, putting all your eggs in this one basket, that is Spencer Rattler. I mean, he's not, uh, he's not a perfect human being. No one is. So he's not just going to come in and do everything right every single time. He's going to have those growing pains, as you said. And I, and I have to say this. I, I have to ask Gamecock fans, you know, slow down. Slow down. If, if, you, if you do have those expectations, I'm, I'm asking you to slow down because it's, he doesn't need those those expectations don't help him uh but become a better football player you know what what whatever that you expect i mean just j- just let it go let him grow let him develop and let him and understand that he's under some great tutelage you know with coach Satterfield and coach Beamer i mean shit they've been they've done this before they know what they're doing give him some time Give Luke Doty some time. Give Colton Gaither some time. Like let Not let here, this yep. team grow. Well, let's, and you just brought you just brought up Luke Doty. Let's mention Luke. You know, talking about quarterbacks, seeing Luke out there, it's awesome. I mean, there's no way way to put it. It's awesome. He went through a lot last season. He had that injury early on in training camp, and it was clear as day that he just wasn't himself. He just wasn't himself, and. It ultimately led to him having to get surgery on it, and now he's back out there. He's limited. He'll be limited this spring, but he's not being held back to a point where he's super, super limited. He's going to be limited in full contact. He's going to be limited in most 11-on-11 drills. But he is out there moving around. He feels good. He's Mm. smiling. And what I like more than anything is this. Going back to the new girl, right? That's that that comparison. It's real easy. You know, you could have been the, the prom queen the year before, but all everyone else has started looking at the new girl, right? He could have got upset. He could have, you know, kicked and screamed, and that's not what he's doing. You know, like I shared before last time, last episode, after the Duke's Mayo Bowl, 6 a.m., 6.30, he's back in the weight room the day after the Duke's Mayo Bowl, working his tail off. So Doty moving around, that's great. And Marcus, it looks like you want to say something. No, no, Mike, you just bring, I mean, you you just bring up so many good feelings inside of me when I think about Luke Doty. Uh, uh, Mike, Nick, I mean, what you just said, for him to pout, for him to sit and sulk, that's not even of his nature. And it's just not inside of him. And again, you know, you you can get a good glimpse. You can get a, a a really good glimpse of somebody through their social media, and through and their family. If I'm if I'm just being honest, and 
again for Gamecock fans and everybody, just follow Bobby Doty. Yep. Look at his brother. Look at his mom. Look at what he comes from. I mean, that like that smile, that smile that he has is so infectious. He's like a, he's almost a beam of light when you're around him, because uh, there, there's not, there has been nothing that I've ever been around him that's came out of his mouth that's been negative. Like everything he says is positive. Like he, he, he and. It, there's no secret. There's no surprise when you look at his dad or his mom and that same smile, that same easy spirit. It, it man, he that that permeates through the locker room with mm-hmm. with what that guy provides. So let, let's just say hypothetically, Spencer Rattler is the starter game one. If Luke Doty is not in that locker room, we we hurt. We hurt as a team because he's a leader. He's the leader simply by example and how and how he goes about his business on a day to day basis. I mean, the dude is I mean, it's it's it's, you know, a lot of resemblance of Marshawn Lloyd and how mm-hmm. how he does things. But just I mean, look, look at look at Luke Doty. What you see is is what you get. I mean, a beam of light. That smile is something that I don't know, man. It, it's it makes it make it makes your day better when you're around them. Uh, and, and, you know, reg- again, regardless of what he ever does on the football field, he'll be fine. And as far as naming a starting quarterback, Marcus Satterfield, the offensive coordinator last Wednesday, did state that they plan to name a starter soon. They want to be able to do what they did last year, which is you just get out of the way. Um, look, we could, you know, I'm sure some people watching, listening, they're going to be like, well, we, we know it's going to be spent. All right, let's say it's spent. So point being is this. They want to be able to get that out of the way, and I think that's the right thing to do um, at times. And then you go into training camp and, you know, let the chips fall where they may. But moving from quarterback, Nick, was there anyone else on that field that you saw when you had your first opportunity to be able to see this team? Was there anyone that stood out to you, maybe new guys, former uh, or guys that are returners? I mean, after our last episode, I was really looking at Lloyd. I mean, he was at the other end of the field, but – I was watching him to see how how he was looking. Um, obviously, all the positive things Marcus said, we all said last episode. And he, he looked great. And one thing I loved talking about him last time was about really his character. And you just talked about that with Doty too. And they both are just great people to be around. And so that's great to see from the whole locker room. But Lloyd on the field, I mean, he looked – Definitely better. We talked about last year. He was there, but not all there because the mental. Nick, is he still wearing his brace? Mike, was he still wearing his brace? I'm going to have to double check. He had a sleeve on. He had a sleeve on. I'm just curious, Nick. No, and I'll have to go. Well, I'll have to take a, a, a deeper look at it. He had a sleeve on. I mean, you know, wearing shorts. Um, I mean, and Marcus, I don't know specifically for you. Was that one of those things that, you know, you always wanted to make sure you were wearing your brace? Was it more so when you, the non-contact elements of it, you were like, you felt better maybe not wearing it? I don't know. I mean, I know a lot of guys, they'll they'll decide just to wear it, just for just yeah. for that extra, we talked about the, the last episode, just from a mental standpoint, right? Just being yeah. able to yeah. give you that extra security blanket, or at least feeling better. Um, I'll find that out. Um, I don't want to sit here and say yes, because like I said, he had that sleeve on and my initial 
gut feeling is yes, but we'll we'll find out. We'll find out. Well, no, I mean it, it's it's different, you know, depending on the person, you know, because it, it it had a reverse effect for me. If I wore the brace, I was thinking about my knee a little bit more. Uh, but you know, it's all a you you know we're all made up differently, uh, you know. In, in our brain and how we handle things. So, I mean, it, it might be an extra added sense of security for him. So, I mean, if, if it helps, it helps. I was, you know, I was just curious, you know, because it can, it can go the other way, you know, it, it can affect you when, when you're thinking about it. And, you know, for me, my mind was always, how can I be lighter? How can I be quicker? How can I be faster with the brace? I, you know, I felt so, so damn limited because I couldn't get my knee up as far as I wanted to, you know, like just high kneeing over a defender or, you know, you know, just running, running your feet on contact, uh, that, that kind of, it kind of, for me, it limited me, you know, but for Lloyd, it might be different. He's way quicker than I was and he hits the hole. So, I mean, it's just, you know, I, I was just curious in that aspect. Yeah, I just didn't want to give a definitive answer because same with Mike. I saw something on his knee. I just didn't know if it was his full brace. But, I mean, I was really looking at all the backs. I mean, McDowell was there, Lloyd, and seeing how they were running because from what I know of last year, the running back room was so stacked but really fell short. And so that was an important thing for me to look at. And now getting Lloyd back, hopefully to full health. Um, and then also Juju McDowell's a great running back as well. I was really looking at them. And like I said, the drills were very limited, but it was good to see Lloyd out there participating fully. And hopefully, like we've said, it's all that mental game and we don't know what's going on in his head. And once full, you know, full contact, which we weren't able to see. To try to give you a little idea of, of what has been going on through his head, and I think Marcus hit on it as well as anyone could have hit on it, especially with all the injuries that, that Marcus went through, that he – all right, Mar- uh, Marshawn says no brace. I just like wearing the leg sleeve because it looks cool. Mm. Uh, so no brace, no brace. That is from uh, Marshawn himself. So he's like, I just like wearing the, the, the leg sleeve. It looks cool. Um, feel good, play good. Um, but and it's, it's getting that symmetry back, just being balanced on both legs. Yeah. I mean, that's probably that's probably why he's not wearing because he he just feels good on both legs. Yeah, and and the reason I didn't feel like he was wearing that, uh, like I said, I wouldn't have been maybe maybe I, I can't remember what I said a couple minutes ago. I wouldn't have been shocked that he was wearing it or wearing some type. It didn't look like it was gonna be something bulky, you know, because at that sleeve, I'm like, you don't have that bulkiness. Uh, but maybe he's wearing one of those, you know. Brett Favre, copper fit, um, you know, knee braces. But um, I'll tell you what, though. He was he was moving quick, but holy cow. Holy. Juju McDowell excites the hell out of me for mm-hmm. multiple reasons. I mean, you want to talk about a, a guy that came in here freshman year and found ways to get on the field, and not just get on the field, but stay on the field as a true freshman. He is just so versatile. And, I mean, Marcus, I mean, you tell me, in addition to what I'm about to say, how it can really change things. But I just think about with so much talent in that running back room, being able to go out there in shotgun, two running backs set, 
one on the left, one on the right, the opportunities that it can give you and the challenges that it presents from a defense, you have to decide, okay, shoot, Juju's a guy that obviously can run between the tackles, and depending if it's Marshawn Lloyd next to him, uh, also in addition, or Christian Beal Smith, whoever the running back is out there with them, you're going to have to decide, do I throw an extra linebacker in there and try to make that box a little bit tighter with more size, or do I throw more of a hybrid out there? You know, one of those, uh, and everyone calls it a little bit different. You know, we used to call it the dog. Um, and, and be able to have that that hybrid safety outside linebacker that has more speed, knowing like, oh, shoot, we want to be able to put someone that can match up with Juju a little bit better if he does go into the flats. So I, I just think his ability to obviously run the ball well, but the fact that he can make a difference in the receiving game as well, especially on swing passes, screen passes, just quick little up, it really presents challenges for the defense. Yeah, he runs pissed off too. You mm-hmm. know, not 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 only is he quick and elusive, but the dude is pissed off when he runs the ball, and it's it's um like I mean I mean I, you, you saw that and you saw that I, I remember watching there was a situation when they put him in Wildcat, and I mean he called a direct snap. I think it was. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. It was in between the five, you know. So I mean, they put this dude in to get into the end zone and you know he's not that big you know but when you're pissed off when you're running with good pad leverage it, it doesn't matter doesn't matter how big you are um yeah and i mike to your question our offense can from what i saw last year can adapt to do that i mean mm-hmm. we would go from five wide to two tight in a in a in a shift uh, so I mean, it's it creates a lot of situations for guys like Juju McDowell to uh, use all of his strengths um, and, and explore the defense, and you know, w- with Lloyd back there as well. And I mean, it's it's and then you know the carry on. I mean, it's it's a lot of so it's a lot of uh, things that we can do uh, with with. with that amount of guys who are explosive, you know, and and that's the thing. Like when you have a group of explosive players, uh, how do you maximize all of them in one game? Um, And then, I mean, goddamn, Jaheim Bell. And, you know, I think somebody said Debo 2.0. I'm I'm, I'm with that. That's what Marcus Satterfield. That's what Marcus Satterfield said. And when I actually did a a Garnet Trust interview recently with Jaheim, I asked him, I said, look, and he didn't want to make a comparison to anyone else. And I said, all right, so I got, I have to do something, which I hate is creating BS hypotheticals. I said, all right. I said, someone's been in a, a bunker for the last 10 years or whatever the case may be. They miss, they don't, they don't know who Jaheim Bell is. You know, who would you say, how would you explain that to someone? Who would you best? And he said, Debo. He personally said Debo. I do want yeah. you mentioned the word explosiveness. And I, Nick, I don't know if you had an opportunity to see him. I had a good chance to be able to see him up close on Thursday during Thursday's practice. And he was back receiving punt returns. Antoine Wells Jr., the wide receiver that's transferring in from James Madison, is as explosive as they come. Mm. This is a guy that is getting a lot of attention from the NFL standpoint from from getting drafted in his stock. 
He's a guy that made a very, very quick impact at James Madison, a team which, of course, is a powerhouse at the FCS level. And they're not playing any rinky-dink guys. I mean, they're playing some pretty good dang teams in that conference. He's a guy that can be a baller. And what I like about him is that he can be in the slot, he can be on the outside, but he's also, from, from what we were able to see, Lavoisier Carroll, you also had Juju McDowell, and you had Antoine Wells Jr. Those are the three guys, at least on Thursday, this past Thursday, that were back taking punt returns. Now, we know that Carrion Joyner has been back on kickoff returns. He wasn't there in that group, but that's not something to be like, wait a minute, sometimes guys just don't go in punt return. They do kickoff return instead. So um, he was someone that really grabbed my attention. Not sure if you had a chance to see him at all, Nick. I saw him a little bit, not as much because I wasn't at that Thursday uh, practice, but um, definitely was looking at the receivers. I mean, you mentioned right when you mentioned Bell and uh, to carry on Joiner, that kind of lit up in my head of I totally forgot about all the time I spent watching them, especially when they were doing the red zone passes and everything, getting to watch DK back in action and Bell. Because, I mean, like you guys have mentioned, the hype around Jaheim Bell is huge, especially since the Mayo Bowl. Um, and everything, but I wasn't able to uh, see uh, Wells uh, play. But also, people have to understand because when you say FCS, some people don't fully get the caliber of football that is. I'm from Virginia. Oh, yeah. If you, um, and James Madison, if you don't know, is in Virginia. If, from my friends in high school, if you weren't going to a very good Power Five FBS school, you were heading to James Madison to try and win a national title. Mm-hmm. And that's what they, that's what they do. So, I mean, definitely no slouch of a school. And I mean, South Carolina, in my opinion, is very lucky to have him. And I think, I think Marcus's dog agrees. I mean, he's oh going to, she, she's over. She, she's a, she's a big Jaheim Bell fan over here. Every time we mention, every time we mention his damn name, she starts barking. I know you, you like him. I know, I know. So you gotta calm down. So so that is that is where we are right now with spring ball. The Gamecocks, as I just as you mentioned before, they did practice on Saturday. Um, to my knowledge, it was their first full padded practice because the first two had to be in helmets. But um, I'm looking at the practice schedule right now, and obviously, depending on when you guys listen to this episode, uh, things of course could have changed in terms of how many practices they've had. But practice number four is set to take place. On Tuesday at 9.30, Shane Beamer will be meeting with the media at 12.30. And if you are listening to this on Monday, offensive players, to be determined still, will be uh, speaking to the media starting at 11.45 a.m. And for the most part, for practices this spring, it's going to be that Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday breakdown. And uh, fortunately, the media will have the opportunity to go to some of them. Uh, We're not going to be able to have access it seems like for the Tuesday practice, uh, but we will keep you posted the next time we have an opportunity to do that. Now, we, we, we will talk about Pro Day, but I think because it has more of an impact of the current situation of the guys that are there, and I think a lot of people are still learning more about this new era when it comes to the NIL. And maybe we add a, a wrinkle to it with the transfer portal, Marcus, in terms of what you think about it and how it could be good, how it could be dangerous. Um, first off, the NIL era, um, 
we knew that it was only a matter of time before it would happen to some degree. The issue is, of course, there is a lot of gray area, a lot of gray area. Um, that is a good thing for some of these student athletes, but it can be a very dangerous thing for some of them. And it can be a very dangerous thing for some of these universities as well. So just point blank. What is your initial thoughts on NIL, Marcus? Let me get some of that money. I mean, it's going to be it's, it's, it's floating around all over America. Let me get some of it. No, nah, I'm kidding. I, I mean, it was um, it was exciting when I first heard it, honestly. But golly, Mike, that's such a that's such a big question. Um, I'm 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 excited for him. I'm nervous for him. Um, I, Nick and I talked about it earlier this week. How I mean, how those. Those all of these factors within NIL, like if it's not managed properly versus if it is managed properly. Like, I mean, it's 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 really that. And when I say managed, I'm talking about from the head coach and within the organization of the of the team. Uh, my first initial thoughts, God, dog, it's, it's going to be a lot of money floating around and where money follows, corruption follows. And, and and it's really just matched in any industry. That's in any business or organization. My favorite show, uh, one of my favorite shows. I'll, I rarely watch TV now, but it's called American Greed. Mm -hmm. And on American Greed, Stacy Keach he does the narration, and I mean the, his voice is just unbelievable. Uh, but no, he does the narration on some of these stories. You know, just like pharmaceutical companies or. Uh, big hedge funds and, you know, how they swindle people. Uh, that's coming in, folks. Corruption is coming in college football. It's already been there, number one. All right. It's obviously already been it's in everything. That? How do you prevent that? Or can it be prevented? I, it can only – you can only contain it, it seems like, in, in, certain, in certain places. How, how do you prevent it? I don't think there's – this Nick, been going how, on. Nick, how do you prevent it? Shit, I don't know. It's been going on, right? And I don't know how you feel about this, Marcus. Nick, chime in as well. I mean, I had a conversation. I know he's a mutual friend of yours as well, Marcus, um, Taj Boyd. And Taj and I had mm. conversations about it when it first happened. He's like, Mike, what's your thoughts on it? This is what I feel. And, and Taj is like, Mike, the only difference is the things that were taking place in the back door are just going to take place in the front door. It's just going to give people who are trying to take advantage of student athletes, because like we said, there's a yeah. lot of good. There's a lot of good. Don't 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 get it twisted with what I'm saying. And obviously you guys can speak on your own behalf, but don't get it twisted. What I'm saying. I love that student athletes are able to capitalize on their own name, image and likeness. No question about Absolutely. it. But just like anything in life, when it's a business and you have young adults in situations that put them in a position to be able to earn a lot of money. There's going to be a lot of greedy people that want to take advantage of them. And at that, go ahead, Nick, but I just want to say we are so naive at that age and impressionable, but Nick, go ahead. I, I mean, I knew you were about to say something. Yeah. I mean, I just wanted to say that obviously through NIL, there's a lot of positives and negatives. First off, 
it's the right call because you should make be able to make money off of your your own name, your own image, your own likeness. That's ridiculous that I mean, I talked to Marcus about this earlier this week and just the stories he told me about basically just walking on eggshells. Oh my god. Because you wanted to play football. And Marcus can touch on that more, but just having to walk on eggshells because these so many little rules could have gotten you in trouble and put you at risk of not playing. So I think it's great that it's finally here, but also like Marcus said, corruption and greed comes with it. And I'm 21 years old. I couldn't imagine having money like that. Like some guys are getting and having being recruited in high school and being told you can make this much if you come here. And that just adds a whole new thing. And it also creates with money comes corruption. As Marcus said, the egos big or small, everyone's got an ego and you know, you're a smaller player uh, or you just have less of a role on a team and your friend is making millions. You're you might get a little jealous or something like that. I mean, it creates a lot of new issues that, and I was talking to um, Hillary Cox, who is at the athletics department for South Carolina earlier this week. She's she helps with everything NIL. And she was saying the day this passed college sports changed forever. Mm. And it a hundred percent has. So now there's so many new things to navigate with it. And Nick, to piggyback off that real quickly about, trying to keep the locker rooms together. It's from my understanding that that was something that in terms of trying to change the culture, that this coaching staff felt like they needed to tighten up, number one, just in terms of what they felt like. They felt like there just wasn't the togetherness that they wanted. There was more so individuals that were more concerned about their their future. Um, and this is not something that I was told that they worked, you know, tirelessly. They, they, they put – every ounce of energy into it this past season to be able to kind of knock down egos, but then be able to bring it back up from a team standpoint. And I say that because I can tell you from talking to these individuals that that was something of a concern going into number one, obviously trying to repair that just as a whole, but going into it also knowing that you're entering this new era of NIL. So it's like, all right, you're also trying to bring this locker room together like never before. And they felt like that's something that they needed to do. But on top of that, now you have the added challenge of, all right, Kevin Harris is coming off a thousand yard season. Um, or this player's JJ and him, and I'm not saying specifically those guys. That's not what I'm saying. But the point being is there were guys out there that, you know, if they made some money from endorsement standpoints, it's like, could that change who they are? And I'm, you know, I'm using those guys as an example, but you could be any player. And I'm not saying they had egos uh, by any means to that, but that was something that this coaching staff had to face and not just this coaching staff, but any coaching staff out there this past year. I mean, what, what I mean, what do you say? I mean, what, what does Wu-Tang say? Cream cash rules everything around me. Get, uh, get, get, get the, get the money. Dollar, 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 dollar bill. Y'all. I mean, that that's, that's the, this is not a, this is not even a, a college football challenge. This is like an existential issue that, that is global and that runs our minds and that runs our worlds and it makes our decisions for us as we go about life, like money. And it changes people. 
It's just simple as that. Money changes the person because of how we, because we are capitalists and capital, we live in a capitalistic society and capitalism, ism, it's a ism for a reason. Um, I mean, it's just, I'll, I'll tell this story real quick. My freshman year, I told Nick this earlier this week, my freshman year, someone took us out to eat. And when I say us, me and my roommates uh, here, when I was a freshman at the University of South Carolina, we went to Outback. Uh, we, I think he spent over $100. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple, a week went by. We get a call from the compliance department. We're called in separately, one by one, and asked, what do we have to drink? Uh, what type of bread were we eating? What was on the chicken? Like every minute detail about our meal. Uh, we didn't know anything about compliance. They didn't even educate us on, on, on compliance. Uh, but short, make a long story short, I didn't know my first game at the University of South Carolina against Southern Miss, I didn't even know if I was going to play. The ruling of me being able to play from compliance after they met with the NCAA about this violation that I had no clue of, it, it wasn't cleared until about 6.15, and the game was wow. at 7.15. I wasn't even be able to be a part of team activities for two days leading up. So Friday, I wasn't at the hotel with the team. Saturday, I wasn't with the team. I couldn't even be with the team that whole week. Uh, and I had no clue that this was a violation that for somebody just paying, paying our dinner. Uh, so times have changed uh, drastically, you know, because if, I mean, if, if, you know, I, I think I saw on Twitter, I mean, Spencer Rattler, he, he's, he's got to deal with Chevy in, in Columbia. Um, yeah. I couldn't. I couldn't even imagine. I, I, I would be. I, I would be scared to death in 2010 to even go to a dealership, risking somebody take taking a picture that that I'm at this dealership and that puts me in jeopardy of not practicing or, or playing in a game. So times from t- I mean that I mean that was only 12 shit 12 years ago. I'm getting old. Let me get this right. Let me get this right. Your first college football game, you didn't even know that you were going to play until 45 minutes beforehand, correct? You missed two days because you had to sit out, correct? No clue. And Nick's not even going to know this probably. I had to just double check it. You know what you did that day? You know what you did that day, Marcus? You had two touchdowns. You ran for over 50-something yards, 20-something, I think it was 21 yards receiving. Yeah, two catches, 21 yards receiving. 54 yards rushing on 14 carries and two touchdowns. Mm. Um, you know, you guys end up beating Southern Miss 41 to 13. So, um, I mean, shoot, imagine if you had those two extra day of practices, what could have been maybe three touchdowns, maybe Al Bundy tight numbers, four touchdowns. <laughs> Man, I, it was, it was That's one great. of the most nerve wracking days. You know, I, I mean, and you, and you know, the it, it was a weird scene too, Mike, because everybody was, you know, our compliance our compliance director at the time, 
Um, she, she she actually passed away. Rest in peace. Um, but you know, everybody was elated and, and ecstatic that the ruling had passed through. But I was just like, I was kind of, I was kind of freaking angry. I was like, yeah. y'all, I mean, you you put me through this whole situation where I'm I'm in this I'm in this limbo phase of if I I don't even know if I'm a play. Yeah. Um, it it was it was a nerve wracking couple of days and yeah I, I i don't know i guess i was just ready to get out there and let let all the frustration out and, um i don't know it's just it, it was it was a weird time to be a college student uh mm. uh, uh you know some uh, well, a, a collegiate athlete at that time because i mean there was a, i mean and there's a lot more instances that happened throughout the throughout my career that, that you know that we could touch on but man just the whole scope of the nil and how things have changed so much. Um, it's, I don't know. It, it's, it's interesting. It, it, it really is. I, I'm excited for the guys. I'm glad that they'll be able to put money into their pocket. Hopefully, you know, there's somebody around a financial advisor. Um, I think, you know, this is where the director of player development comes in really strong. Uh, you know, being able to partner up with the head coach and figure out a system of how you, and you know, Mike, you mentioned earlier, how do you prevent it? I mean, all, all you can do is kind of create create systems and certain certain days of the week where you're able to talk about this stuff and certain time blocks because it is going to be something that affects them. Period. Like it, it may not look like it, but when you see your bank account go from $600 to $600,000 and you don't have any plan for that money. Your, 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 your 19 year old, 20 year old brain trying to process all of that. I, I'm, I don't know. I don't know, Nick. I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. And honestly talking to the athletic department about kind of what they're doing and it seems like it's a very supportive, which I'm, which I'm very happy to hear. And, but they're trying to create an education system to help the student athletes understand the contracts they're going to sign and, you know, how to operate in the business world, which is great for them now with NIL, but also in the future. Oh, so oh, I hope that's okay. actually, but, but Nick, but Nick, like you, you, you go into classes you're trying to be the best student athlete you can be. You're trying to be the best teammate you can be. Now you're worried about contracts. Now you're worried about reading language. Like, with, with, uh, I mean, golly, like if, yeah. if, 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 you, if you don't provide them with proper guidance, if they don't have mm -hmm. somebody they can lean on, you know, who they can trust, there's going to be a lot of issues come up that, that, that haven't been seen like kind of like when social media was created and, and not now all of these jobs within social media that didn't exist 10 years ago are now high paying well well, well that you can kind of equate that to what's going to happen with name engine like this there's so many issues that are going to come up for head coaches for athletic departments that 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 didn't exist five years ago. So there's no blueprint for it. Like there was no blueprint for the for the pandemic. You know, like I mean it's just 
I don't know. I, I Mike, I mean, I think you need, I think what you're going to need is, and I think maybe we're all in agree. We, we could agree on this at some point, kind of like you think about South Carolina's social media team, right? You see how that's evolved mm. back to 15, 20 years ago. That, that didn't exist. That didn't exist the way that it is now with the creative service so department, the way that Justin King's team has been able to do things. Think about even the beyond football program. The, the, the position that Will Muschamp created for you, Marcus, you know, for player development, that position didn't exist. I think at some point what you're going to have to do, and I think football is just so large, and obviously with the number of players in the team, you probably have to create one specifically for football and then maybe one um, for other programs, but you're going to need to have some type of lawyer or some type of former – you're going to need to be able to create a separate subdivision that can be able to ensure protection for the players. And here's why I feel like that will happen. It can give you a competitive advantage when it comes to recruiting. And mm. if that can help you and you can use that from a pitching standpoint as a university or as specifically a team, that gives you that competitive advantage. Because, I mean, shoot, Marcus, I mean, <laughs> I, my Bojangles contract, right? I have I, I signed a Boj- I signed a contract with Bojangles back in – October. And that contract is pretty self-explanatory. And, you know, I mean, shoot, the contract that we had assigned to do this, Believe Network. When I signed that contract with Bojangles, even though it's pretty self-explanatory saying, all right, we'll pay you X amount of money for putting out X amount of tweets um, and doing it this way, you know, for this many months. Well, even though that contract is pretty self-explanatory, I gave that to my agent. Man, there was even something that he pulled up, and it wasn't anything crazy. But it's like you said, it's the verbiage sometimes. It's just like, hey, do you understand by doing this, you're also agreeing to this? And, you know, that's – And not to mention all the other responsibilities that you have on a day-to-day basis, and you're worried about trying to read language that a lawyer who studied English and then went to law school created. So I say that because even for the smallest things, there, there has to be contracts for a lot of these. There's not going to be contracts for everything. I mean, I know the way we do it for Garnet Trust is very self-explanatory. We lay everything out there on our website. But you need to make sure that, you know, number one, you understand that Garnet Trust aside, not everyone's going to have language or going to make things as easy for you. There's going to be people out there that just because it's, a business, especially when you're talking about a lot of money, for example, want to hear this, you go to on three Gamecock Central's base, home base. We actually were able to create, and I don't know how they, they, they do it from a formula standpoint. It has something to do with the talent on the, uh, the production on the field, the talent mixed in with a number of social media followers. So, you know, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram. Spencer Rattler's on three NIL valuation network net worth right now is $687,000. That is what they're projecting how much he is worth. This is how crazy it is. I can't even imagine what Marcus's would have been a couple of years ago. It's fun. If you want to go down the rabbit hole, go on to on three, type in different players' names. I mean, shoot. If you want to know how crazy it is, you can go, you can go on to NIL. You can see basketball. Bronny James. Bronny James. Oh my His goodness. value right now, $5.1 million. Now, this is obviously ballpark, but the reason I say this is there's contracts out there for guys like this 
and will be like this in the future, that you're going to need to have an agent. Some of these players aren't going to be like Bronny James. They're not going to have a father that played professional sports, or they're not going to have people around them that says, hey, you should go hire an agent. And I think it's only a matter of time, unfortunately, before someone gets themselves in a situation and it backfires and it hurts a kid. And I hope to God that that never happens. I'm not trying to speak again to existence, but I think until universities realize that and a team comes forward, because we know how it is. It's a copycat league in football, right? It's a copycat league with this. If someone does it, if someone says, you know what, we're going to invest. And why not be South Carolina? Why not? You do it. You're going to put yourself ahead of the game and you're going to truly show what every school wants to pitch, which is it's about our student athletes first. It's only a matter of time before we see it. And I think it's going to happen with power five schools first. Why not be the SEC? I'm with you. I I, I, I co-sign on that wholeheartedly 100,000 uh, percent because I, I mean, a young mind. Just that 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 young and I mean all of the influences like that are going to come with this all of the all of the the more notoriety more attention like I I'm right you know I got a blog coming out called Landmines and and Landmines is just symbolic for the unconscious mind and what happens when we are unaware of our pride when we're in a position of power when we're addicted to pleasure, when all of these things, like all of these things start to formulate inside of our mind and we're unaware. Well, they happened for me at 18 and I didn't have $687,000 in net worth. <laughs> so I can only imagine what's going to happen when that amplifies to the next level, like what happens in the brain. And I mean, our, I mean, creating, like you said, Mike, creating a whole team but, and and adding wellness to that team, adding a psychologist to that team, adding our making sure our director of player development is a part of that team, you know, j just so just so they know, like they have these outlets and people you, when 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 things are just swimming like like I mean, it's just like a, a carousel of things going on inside of the mind. It's. It's going to be very, very interesting. Um, I'm gonna be. I mean, this is this is one thing I've been really interested in is is the after effects, and I mean, it's probably gonna be something I write about a good bit because, but but simply because of how young they are and that 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 mind state of everybody. Oh man. It's it's so much to say about NIL that, that that I don't even know where to start. Um, mm. yeah, yeah, I mean, from what you were saying, Mike, especially when you're a college kid, your eyes are so big that you're looking at the best opportunity, and it could just be the flashiest company offering you a contract, and you're like, oh, that sounds good. They flash you a big number when it could not be in your best benefit. Mm. And so that's why I agree completely having a team behind it to help them make the best decisions for themselves that maybe, you know, if they're on their own, they might mess up or not read a fine print or something. I mean, you show me a contract right now. I don't, I don't have an agent. 
I don't have a lawyer. I, I don't know what I'm doing. So that's exactly how it is for these kids. They don't have that either. So they need that help. And then that plays a huge deal in recruiting. And we're already seeing NIL become an influence in recruiting because of how much money you can offer. Oh, you come want, here. You want you'll mama make... to be comfortable? Yeah. You, you, you'll you, make want, this you want moms to be comfortable? Nick, what you're saying right now, ha like having that behind it, she, uh, she's going to feel a lot more at ease if she, if she sees a whole team like that, going, <laughs> that that she's able to lean on and call. Uh, because at the end of the day, she just wants her baby to be taken care of. And, I mean, it, it's mm. – Because a head coach, because we know – look, and I think some fans just don't – understand it some do i think most do but some don't the head coach doesn't have time to worry about if johnny's got a subway deal or something they don't have time for that that's not what they get paid to do when they go from a recruiting standpoint it's a fear question for a prospect or a recruit to say hey is there possibilities in columbia is there possibilities in whatever school uh you're going to, that, that you're speaking with absolutely that's normal that is part of the new norm but they don't have time for that. They just don't. And speaking about not having time, we're going to probably have to pick up this conversation about NIL. Part two. We're finishing part two episode. next week. Um, I know I wanted to get into Pro Day. We'll probably bump that into the next episode. But real quickly, before we wrap things up, let's finish with a couple questions. For Marcus and Nick, you could chime in as always, too. Gotcha. We'll try to do rapid fire here. So, Marcus, Nick. Try to keep your answers as to the point and briefly as as brief as you can. We're gonna yeah, go we're gonna, to we, yeah. Let's let's keep this close to an hour for our viewers. Appreciate yep. and again appreciate all of you tuning in. All right, it's only gonna get better. Uh, we're, we're gonna get more in depth. Uh, so stay with us. Stay with us on this ride. Yep. And if you have uh, a business that you want to promote from an from a sponsorship standpoint reach out to myself my dms are always open reach out to marcus reach out to nick and we will get something set up with you and we will get those analytics to you from a number standpoint if you guys want to see how much traffic is being created uh seems like it's going very well so from, from a business standpoint we would love to be able to promote you guys especially any columbia based organizations but anyone for that matter all right here we go let's get to the questions and who better to start with than a guy that says game cock in oregon maybe you can have some drinks with them or something marcus all right he says in the nfl they say the most important position is quarterback in college what would you consider to be the most important position and why thank you wow that's a really good question i think what separates i think what separates the sec is the defensive line uh, I think when you have a strong defensive line, you give yourself an opportunity to 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 be into the game. Um, I, I'm I'm going to say I'm going to say DN. I'm going to say I'm going to say a dominant defensive end. Um, that 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 can change the that can change the whole dynamic of your team. And I I mean I was thinking. Since we are talking SEC football, I mean, Marcus said earlier on, SEC football is about the run game. And so I think the running backs are a huge part of that. I mean, I remember when Auburn played South Carolina, Tank Bigsby 
was the reason they were in that game. I mean, the whole entire time he was running up and down that field. I was amazed they didn't win at points because of how well he was running the ball. So I'd say that running back, I also the receivers. I mean, if you got a great quarterback, you ain't got receivers, playmakers. Um, but I'll go with running back for this one. Yeah, and I tend to agree with what Marcus is saying, and I don't specifically think it just has to be the defensive end, or at least for my um, for my my choice. I'd I'd say anyone on the defensive line that can just be yeah. someone that can drop. You know, you look at Jordan Davis and what he was able to do six six and just just an absolute tank for Georgia. His Didn't he run like a four seven at the at the combine? Yeah, Some, was, something stupid. Absolutely ridiculous. You know, I think he's about what 300 pounds, 341 pounds. He run a he ran a four seven eight forty. I mean, that's just insane. yeah, just on just under four eight. You 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 can have a disrupt. Somebody can disrupt because I don't care how good your secondary is. If you're not giving, if you, if they have to wait there all day, it don't matter. You have to put a good pass rush on. Let's keep moving things along. Based on his playing time, I haven't even seen some of this, so um, hopefully these are okay. QB twelve. Based on his playing time. Was Spurrier the main play caller at practice and games? Is he surprised that G.A. Mangus hasn't been an offensive coordinator at a big school? Mm. They collaborated a good bit. Coach Elliott, Coach Mangus, and Coach Spurrier all collaborated to call the plays. And Coach Elliott was a part of the passing game as well, as well as G.A. Mangus a part of the run game. Um, I know that Coach Mangus was heavily influenced by Spurrier's by Spurrier's way of thinking and the way of calling plays, putting our best players on their worst players, figuring out a way to do that, using formations to do that. Um, I am surprised uh, because he's a player's coach. Uh, he's personable. Uh, but re- regardless of what he did, you know, calling plays, which he did a fantastic job, a hell of a job, um, he was just somebody you could come and talk to. So, yeah, I'm kind of surprised he doesn't have a Power 5 job. All right, moving things along here. Let's see. Got some good questions this week. Let's see. Um, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of change the words up a little bit here because I don't necessarily agree with the so bad part. But, I mean, hey, you know, this is, this is their words, not mine. Okay. Uh, Gbo Cock. I don't know if that's supposed to stand for anything. Gbo Cock, why was our offense, or why were our offenses under Muschamp so bad? Um, I'd probably just rephrase that. Why were the, uh, what, you know, what what held back the the offenses at times? You felt like, you know, under the Muschamp era, um, they asked, was it the lack of talent, scheme, or or anything else that you know maybe you would see from your perspective in comparison to being on the outside? <laughs> I think we all know it wasn't because of lack of talent. <laughs> we had some we, we we had some talented players. Um we were never able to get into a flow. When you watch a good offense, they they they're in rhythm. Uh we were never able to establish the pass or establish the run. Uh we were choppy. It it looked choppy, it felt choppy, it was choppy. It was never – it was – nothing was ever in sync. Why was that? Uh, again, a lot of factors. Um, it, it, we could have done a better job as a coaching staff. We could have done a better job as a as a, as a support staff. Um, there's so many factors that play a part of it, but it was because we never got into a rhythm. Why we never got into a rhythm? Uh, yeah, that's a question for that, – that, that's a question for our staff. And uh, – 
we do, we didn't do a good job. And, and and that's and it's just simple. And when I say we, I'm talking about all of us on that staff. Mm-hmm. Period. Nick, you can answer this too if you were running back. It said, "Hi, Marcus, and I love this. It's Coach BMW, and their profile picture is Wee Man. So you can already probably guess where this one's going. It's going to be a funny one." Hi, Marcus. If you're running in the open field and only have a small defensive back named Mike Yuva in between you and the end zone, do you try to go around him or do you try to go through him? <laughs> uh, you, uh, look, me and me and T. Rob used to go at each other. He played DB, um, and he would always be like, you know, ah, man, you couldn't, you couldn't get through me. I could, you know, I, I would tell him like, you know, if I saw you in the middle of the field. It'd be like you weren't even – I would just treat you like air, simply like air, as if you weren't even there. Good, I want you to come. See, I'm not, I'm not, like I said, I played nah, – No, Mike, look, I, look I, I know you – I can tell I that you were a scrappy player without even watching no, your film. But I want you to run at me because if you try to get to the outside, you're, you have more speed than me. You're going you're gonna to get – I mean, I, I feel like I had speed, but if you get to the outside, shoot, it's good night, Irene, as our coach would say. If you come at me – Look, I'm not saying I'm not saying I'm bringing you down, but at least I know I have a chance, and I'm going to go for your thigh boards and just pray to God that the Calvary, as our coaching staff would say, the Calvary is going to come. Just hang on. So I pray that you run at me, and I pray I don't get a concussion, but that would give me the best shot. I feel like no, no, no just lit, just lit, slow lit, down no. progress. Just slow down <laughs> right. progress and help people help. Bring on the Calvary. No, no, no. I mean, look, the the teams, people. When we played, this is this is like giving major props to lower Division One teams and teams that are not in the Power Five. Anytime we played them, a Furman, a Citadel, a Navy, those teams I hated. I hated playing them. I did not like playing them. They were because they were relentless. Uh, it, it, they brought a whole nother mindset to the game, like a whole different type of attitude towards the game. And they were just mean. And it was just tough playing against teams like that because they hit you. They hit you harder. You feel the you feel the hits. Well, you're their and, Super Bowl. Uh, you're their Super Bowl. It, right, we played Fordham. Right. We played Fordham and Wagner. I mean, we, we played Fordham my freshman year. Patriot League team playing a Division II school is their homecoming. And they thought, all right, we're just going to beat this rinky-dink Division II school. And we pulled off the upset. We beat an FCS school. We beat two that season. Um, yeah, I mean, because that's the thing. It's like you know from the smaller school standpoint, when they play South Carolina, that's going to happen this season. That's going to happen this season. It's going to happen week one when Sean Elliott's team comes mm-hmm. into town. Um, when, oh, when yeah. Georgia, yeah. It, it, he, he's that's their he, Super he's, Bowl he's coming to Columbia. He's from Columbia. He was a Gamecock yep. fan. He's coached there. Um, and quite frankly, he's going to show Coach Tanner something, if I'm just being real. Yeah, and that's going to make for a great episode when we yeah. get to that point. Let's ask maybe one more, one or two. How about this? This is a nice – I mean, this guy, one, two, three. Jeez. Um, GA, I think this is basically Gamecock spelled with a K-O-K at the end. Gamecock. Um, he's got about ten questions here. So I'll try to pick – I mean, he's got some – he asked the question about your wife. So, you know what? Why don't we, why don't we start with that one? Then I'll, because he was so nice to ask about your wife, I'll put another one in there. She, how's Miranda doing? 
She is uh, my foundation, my rock. She is doing fantastic teaching yoga out here in Portland, um, nature photography. Um, I mean, just keeping me straight, honestly. Uh, that that's 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 that that's her biggest uh, that, that that's her that's her biggest accomplishment right there trying to keep me straight because I'm I'm all over the place but no she is um yeah she she's just embracing everything that Oregon has to offer she's um learning learning how to become a barista wants to open her own shop she's got some plans man it's going to be uh, I'm I'm excited for her so and this last one He's probably going to get me in trouble with Marcus because he knows what's going to happen depending on what he says. Oh, 80 different outlets are going to want to run with this. Um, I don't think he understands that you're coaching right now over at Division uh, Three, uh, Lewis and Clark, and you're having a great time over there working with the running backs and doing a similar role as you head over at South Carolina in addition to that running back role. So I'll slightly tweak his question, um, and I'm sure Marcus is just going to love for me, for me asking this. You know, because he asked, would you consider returning to coach, um, you know, whether it be high school or college? So I'm just going to slightly change his verbiage and words and say, would you ever consider coaching at South Carolina and coming back to coach for the Gamecocks in some role? I know you love me for asking that. I can't. I I, I can't go back to Division One football. It's 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 too much. It's, it's, it's just it's not of my personality. And that's just me knowing myself. I, I love Carolina football. I'll be a fan of Carolina football. I can't I want to sit in the stands uh, for one of these games this, this year. Um, but coming back to Carolina, the coach division one. I, I, let me say this. I'll never say never. Uh, but it won't be. I promise you, it won't be anytime soon. Um, but Division One is just not of my personality. I'm enjoying where I am now. Um, uh, it's a lot slower pace, and uh, you know, I'm I'm kind of segueing out of coaching. I'll just be the director of player development at Lewis and Clark. I coached the running backs last year. Had a fan, had had a great time doing it. But um, coaching is. It, it is a is a art that I respect, uh, but I, I'm leaning more towards counseling, face to face, mentoring, um, wellness, uh, staying in that area, if, and, and and it'll be within athletics, you know, just just not just not as a coach. So Nick, is that does that disappoint you? Because I'm sure there's some going to be Gamecock fans going to try to dissect every word that Marcus said there and be like, well, you know, he didn't say this or that. But um, I think, look, I mean, and, and Nick, you, you, I don't know if you want to ask Marcus anything about that. And it, it doesn't sound like there's anything ill will towards South Carolina, the administration. This is just something that, I mean, that's the way I look at it. I don't know if you have anything, any thoughts about that, Nick? Hearing Marcus say that. No, I mean. If if Marcus Lattimore were to announce coming back to South Carolina, I'm sure it would I'm create coming. a lot of hype and people would have loved home. it. But get that video going, right? The I'm coming home video. <laughs> exactly. But getting to know Marcus recently, I mean, when you asked that question, I was like, "There's no shot. 
Um, <laughs> I didn't think it would happen. And, uh, because I mean, you're happy out in Oregon, but also what I was kind of interested in is it seems like you're getting, you're steering more towards the personal connections, but with still within football, but getting away from the coaching and coaching, you can have those personal connections, but not the way you can just helping the young men develop and stuff like that. So it sounds like you're more, you're more interested in that side of it than, than coaching. It, it doesn't conflict in a lot of ways the way that coaching does. Um, you can create that deep – don't get me wrong. You can create that deep interpersonal relationship with – as a coach. and Because, you know, I, I don't know where I'd be without my coaches. Uh, so, obviously, they – you know, they, they did something. But I see – I just see life from so much more than an athletic standpoint now that it's I'm so much I'm removed from the game. Uh, I, I care about their satisfaction in life versus uh, and, and, you know, with coaching comes <laughs> With with coaching comes a lot of you, you. You have to compete. You have to be stern. You have to be like. You have to create structure, and, and you and you know in the role that that you know that I'm steering towards now, uh, of you know more focus on their well being. You do the same thing, but it's in a, it's in a it's in a bit more softer tone, if you know what I mean. It's it's a uh, it's a lot less. It's a lot less aggressive, and uh, my my life is has steered away from the aggressiveness that that sports, particularly football, requires. You know, I you, you know I have, you know, if I'm coaching the running backs, I'm coaching a running back. I'm coaching a dude that I want to have a killer mentality. If you don't have a killer mentality. Um, that's what I'm trying to instill into a guy as a coach, as a mentor, as a counselor, not so much at all. Um, that, as a matter of fact, that's that's not even in the equation. I, I, I want them to have self-compassion and, and grace and uh, I want them to, you know, uh, be empathetic towards the world. So I mean, it's just a completely different approach that I'm a, I'm a lot more comfortable with now. And with that, talk about being empathetic to the world. I would highly, highly, highly recommend going to Marcus's website, marcuslattimore.com, to read one of his recent stories that, that shared about that that experience. Uh, I believe it was Arizona, Marcus. You're traveling across country. In Nebraska. Guts, was Nebraska, excuse me. Um, I don't know why I got my state screwed up. I was great at geography, as you can tell right now. Uh, but, you know, check that story out, though, all jokes aside. Um just another side of Marcus as a person, though, and talking about that growth that he's been able to find over the last couple of years, despite this obviously being a situation that, you know, you would never hope to uh, wish upon anybody to be in. But just a very unique perspective, though, in terms of sharing that that moment. So um, I don't really want to give that away. Plus, we uh, have gone over our time, as we typically do. But check that out. Check out that story. Check out the other stuff that Marcus has in the pipe um, lines right now or in the pipe works. I don't know what the phrase is. I mean, shoot, 
I'm, I'm just mumbling at this point, but go check that out though. Um, it's, it's really, really deep. Um, and it's really good. So guys, appreciate you. Um, and anyone that is listening to this, give us a five-star review if you can, if you're listening on Apple, but obviously you can listen to this wherever, make sure you download, subscribe, all that fun stuff. And again, if you're interested in sponsoring this podcast, Believe in South Carolina, B-L-E-A-B, be sure to reach out to myself, Marcus, or Nick, and we will be able to get you some of those numbers so that we can get that ball rolling and make you part of our team. Guys, it was a good one. We'll do it again next week. Spring practice rolls on for the Gamecocks on Tuesday. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.